Pat Ridge, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. At your place, too. Yeah, bro, of course. Super cool. Um, so thanks for having us out here at Graceland Ranch. Um, so for those that don't know you, do you want to just start out by letting people know a little bit about who you are, your past, what you're doing now? Um, I have a sober living here. There's 20 people here. Uh, we reach people through social media, um, mostly TikTok. Most of the people in this house are here because they found us on the internet. And uh, before this, I was doing production with with doing you know music videos and commercials and just just different kind of content for social media with uh, my production company ridge production and before that i was in a band called Hypercrash, and uh we got like a record deal which is fucking stupid to even say because it didn't fucking matter i mean saying it is impressive but for me, what's more impressive is that we like were like at number we were in the top five of MySpace for like a long time and put out three albums and hot and built a fan base and um the, the the record deal is actually what I think fucked us in the end, honestly. Actually, but they gave us enough money to where we could do it for a little while. But I got sober before all that. So I have seventeen years sober and um me and my wife have a brand called Learning to Lose, and that's kind of what I'm doing now, that and this, sober living. When I first started seeing your content, um, a lot of it was on TikTok, and I was like, damn, dude, this dude's like recording himself arguing with his wife. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of shocks people, right? Because it's like a pattern interrupt. Nobody's doing that, right? But then I realized like, yo, this is the same shit that everybody's doing right? Everybody's arguing with their wife. Everybody's getting into stuff and they just don't post it. Yeah. So the more and more I consumed your content and obviously the sober thing kind of, you know, really was enticing about your content, but the more and more I consume it, it's like, man, there's not many people that are this real and this transparent with their content. So like when it comes to having a sober living and creating content, I know you get a lot of flack for that, but you know, what are the biggest challenges with that? Uh, people like expecting the owner of a sober living to be some cookie cutter person. Uh, the owner of a sober living is a sober person who was at one point in time, a drug addict who is, you know, has flaws. That's the truth. And I think a lot of people are pretending anyone who has a company or a business or, or, or a, a storefront or our culture is, wants us to be present. We want is expecting us to present our best self. And I don't really see the value in that. I think that's like fake. That's bullshit. And I also think that that's, our, I think that the world, our world today, is ready for something different and and something more real. Like that's why I love Joe Rogan because he's real. I mean, I I, I 
I, I I took it I think a little further than him and or anyone. Like I'm like, all right, you know, how how can I be original? How can I be different? You know, um, right. So that's like the fighting stuff. But it's not just me and my wife fighting. But you said the challenge, I guess, just being misunderstood and you know having people you know see those parts of me and just assume that I'm like a bad guy because I'm showing those parts. I don't know. I think that people get confused by that and they just, they judge real quick or maybe they see like one video where I'm like kind of acting like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of an asshole. I might seem like I'm being an asshole, which we all have the tendency of to be at one point or another. And they think that's like who I am. And then uh, they don't like me and I want people to like me. So when people don't like me, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also like the industry and the anonymity part of like sobriety is uh, I think a lot of people, they just, it just makes them feel uncomfortable and they, they don't like, they don't like it at first. Yeah. Anything new is going to be perceived as like, you know, whatever, polarizing. Yeah. So I I guess that's, those are the challenges. So when you're in the music industry, so you said you got sober before Hypercross or in the middle? like Before. Okay. So going into the music, I mean, you're probably in the industry before, but, um, you know, what is that like being sober in an industry where... You're going to these parties, you're doing these things, and it shows everybody's fucked up, right? So, I mean, how challenging was that, you know? Well, I don't think everyone's fucked up. Um, my bandmates weren't, like, that gnarly with it, so that kind of made it easier. Um, that's really what it, what it came down to, was the people who I was doing this with, like, were responsible. They weren't, like addicts they weren't they didn't do any drugs they just like drank moderately yeah which doesn't even interest me anyway so yeah you know being around i I think that for me it was just like it's not that much fun in the club or at a party when you're sober i mean i guess it can be if there's other sober people there yeah but uh and i guess at first it's cool like meaning like the night you go out and the first hour is cool and then like you know thir- 3 4 5 hours into whatever it's like starts to get old yeah i don't know i just did it i i think i just wanted to plus i i there was this guy one of the guys that we toured with was i mean he wasn't like in the program but he was sober on the bus the bus is fun the van was kind of gnarly but mostly it's just like long drives um a lot of scenery yeah and just like planning and talking about like the future of this brand this group you know that's really good and yeah i've always wondered because i'm not in any way connected to the music industry. Um, so I've always wondered like my perception of it, especially in the type of music that you were in. I feel like there's a lot of drugs in that scene just anyways. And when I first got sober, I started to, 
you know, I got sober in Boston and I met some guys from the Dropkick Murphys mm-hmm. and I got to go to their shows and I realized these guys are sober and like watching mm-hmm. how they operate and just my, I don't know, expectations versus reality were just totally mixed up. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Like most successful people are not like fucking drug addicts. Yeah. Like I feel like even someone like Kurt Cobain probably had his shit together. Yeah. Before he didn't. Right. And then You think the money fucks people up? <clears throat> For sure. I just we just like did a post. I mean, we literally just made a post about this. Do you remember? How like power, money, success, getting older, it just makes you less childlike yeah it makes you it's just kind of like there's so many different things it does to you yeah for sure so when you got sober what was you know usually there's like one event or one thing that's the why to not just get sober but stay sober you know what was that for you to stay to be sober like when you to be sober was i just couldn't fucking do it anymore i couldn't afford it i couldn't continue taking that many pills every day yeah um my friends cut me off i literally just actually did a post about this too but like to to the thing that kept me wanting to stay sober was liberty house okay and the structure i was introduced to okay in that sober living got it Okay. And the community and like the accountability and like just the militant. I don't know. It just seemed there was something really dope about that, like going all the way, not just like, oh, I'm going to kind of stay sober and still kind of be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like these dudes were fucking really doing it. And they were like, if there was someone around them that was fucked off, they were like pulling covers. Yeah. I don't know. There was just something cool. There was something like that was uh, like attractive about that. It was like the Navy SEALs of fucking sobriety. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. In that house. Right. Okay. So what would you say to somebody that's going through their dark night? Like, you know, for me, before I got sober, like there was so many moments leading up to it where that could have been the reason why I got sober. But there was one night where I was like, you know, the next day I I literally posted on Facebook. I was like, I am never going to drink again. Like I'm done drinking for good. And that was the last time. So for anybody that's thinking about getting sober, anybody that's getting close and they know it. You want to light some incense? What would I say to him? Yeah. So anybody that's looking to get sober, what I would mean, you say it, to them? It, it, are you are you having fun? Yeah. You know, if you're not, then you should probably try something new. Yeah. And 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 you know, you you, you can be sober. I am. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of fucking fun in sobriety. Yeah, I think the common misconception is that all your friends are going to hate you when you get sober and everything's going to suck and it's going to be boring. And then you get sober and you start to meet new people. You start to make new friends and you start to realize that sobriety is sick. Yeah. Like sobriety is great. Yeah. You know? It's cool. Yeah. There's just a lot of like cool 
people. You know, I don't. I wouldn't worry too much about. Can we actually not shut. not like that? Because sometimes I get oh, you're good. like that. Yeah, oh, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad, dude. Yeah, I don't no, want to start fine. like sneezing. Yeah, no, you're like good. It. Yeah. What was that? What was what? The last part you said. I oh yeah, the, like the, the I have ki- allergies, like bad. So not yeah. that. What the podcast part? Got it. The, um, the, the community in AA is dope. Yeah, you meet new people. Everyone's cool. Like there's like-minded young people and like cool. Like it's just like amazing. Yeah, and when I got sober, it was um, everything changed. You know. So yeah. So I guess what I was saying is when so when I first decided to get sober, I remember before I was always thinking about getting sober. I knew I wanted to, but I didn't really know. I don't know. There's I think people fear the unknown. And when you go into something new like sobriety, you start to think like, why am I even doing this? Because it's not even going to be fun. All of my fun before this, at least for me, was like going out with my friends, going to games, getting drunk, going to bars, going to parties, whatever, right? You know, we would drink doing anything. And then when I got sober, I realized like, holy fuck, everything that I wanted was on that other side of fear. You know, like everything that I wanted to come true, I was holding back I was holding myself back because I didn't get sober because I didn't do that thing that instinctively I knew that I needed to do, you know? So for me, it was like a a no brainer. And I think that's one thing that's kept me sober is because I've had hard times, right? Like I've had friends die. My sister committed suicide. Running a business is depressing and lonely and hard enough. And, um, you know, anyway, so I guess that's why I asked about like, what was it that made you get sober? Cause there's always something that really pushes somebody over the edge and keeps them like, it's that why it's the same thing with business or anything. Yeah. It's weird that I like, it was so long ago. I just remember just being like done, you know, like tired. Yeah. Like I just couldn't fucking maintain that habit, you know? Um, it's like it's like it was 17 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. So I don't really I just like it's it's more so what I think about is like how I stay sober today and or how do I find the joy in life today and But yeah, I mean honestly the only thing i can think of to answer your question is that like it just stopped working yeah you know yeah i think for me too i think at some point i just was i was tired i was exhausted and at some point it's like you know that like okay i've done this for so many years for me i got sober at 23 so i got lucky early but i just knew like you know i'd been drinking since i was in high school so for me it was like dude i'm done i just can't if I keep doing this, it's going to get worse. It hasn't gotten better. It's getting less fun with more consequences. And it just, you know, it's like, follow the formula. If this shit isn't working, maybe I should do something different. Like you said, try something new. Yeah. So. And, and recovery out here is like really amazing. Yeah. In Boston too. In Boston, it was, I I don't know anything about Liberty house or, you know, but in AA, I got sober in Boston, Dorchester. And, the community out there from what I know is super serious. Like I've been to meetings all over the country, never anything like that, you know, and the tight knit small community has been super, super helpful for me. But when I moved to California, I didn't really have that. So 
I don't really know how California does it, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. How long have you been out here? Five years. So I, every time I go back, I'm in Boston, like, you know, but you're in, three, four you're, times. Are, do you go to meetings out here and shit? Every now and then. I do some Zoom ones, like, since huh. COVID. Um, yeah, so I kind of stepped away from the AA community. Like, not for anything in particular. I just didn't have my group. And whenever I go back to Boston, I'm at, like, two, three, four meetings while I'm there. If, even if I'm there for just a couple of days, like, you know, and, and that that's good. But um, But I've been good without it, you know? Like, and I think that AA has kind of a... I think for most people, and maybe I'm different, I think for most people, AA is really, really important. For me, I've never felt different whether I go or not, right? Like they say, serve people, help other people in AA. But for me, like I just try to help people wherever I am, whether Mm -hmm. that's in a meeting or not, you know? So I don't know, maybe you, what do you think about challenging the narrative of like, you have to be in AA or in a program? Because I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. I just, for me, it hasn't, it hasn't changed anything. Like my, you know, they say, oh, you know, you leave AA and things just start to fall apart. For me, that hasn't happened. You know, my life yeah. has been great. And it, and I haven't left AA. It's not like I'm not, you know, like I don't go to meetings. It's not like if somebody needs help, like I'm always getting people to meetings. I'm always helping people whenever that comes about. But um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything to say about that? Do you have yeah, any advice? For sure. I, uh, I think that whatever works for whoever is fine. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that with your, cause again, I don't know, like, and I'm not trying to, I'm more trying to learn about, cause I feel like AA is very like, you have to walk this exact line and you can't step out of this. Otherwise you're, I, I don't know. It just never really made sense to me. Right. And, and Dude, I fucking had like an outburst in a meeting the other day and I was like, I'm just fucking sick and tired of hearing about like, the steps, the steps, the steps, like that's important. I mean, this was sort of a toxic share. Honestly, I probably shouldn't have shared, but I just wanted to get honest about like in the beginning, it's super important. You have to do them. And I think you should always try to have a sponsee or two or however many you need. Some people need more. Some people need less, but like all I can say is for me and you can say for you, Right. So to each his own. For me, there's been times where I wasn't going to like a bunch of meetings. Like I was, there's been times where I've, I've, I've like leaned more into the program. For me today, I need to like work out and like, uh, you know, have some sort of like exercise routine and like eat pretty well. Like eating is a big part of like, one of the things I struggle with, um, not being hungry and then wanting to eat shitty food and then like gaining weight and then feeling bad and then having like a healthy relationship with like my wife and other people who aren't sober. Um, all of it is important. Like, you know, not just making sure that I'm going to meetings. I mean, there, there would be some people who might say, you just need to go to meetings and 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 have uh and be doing the steps right and i think that if you're doing those things like you'll automatically start treating people right and looking at your part and but i don't know if that's going to get you to like be healthy right or like pursue your dreams yeah um 
I mean, there's an argument to be made for whether or not pursuing your dreams is even the goal. What do you mean? I mean, I've like accomplished, I, I've achieved some, 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 some stuff, you know, and it like didn't last, didn't make me happy. You know, I feel like I was the happiest in between careers. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why I came up with that brand learning to lose. Cause it was like through losing some shit. Yeah. I was like free. Well, it's the journey, right? Like the journey is for me, when I look back into it, you know, when I look back on some of the times where like statistically or when you logically, when you look at it, like no money, no food sometimes, you know, car getting repoed, you know, just stuff that happened in my early twenties. And I was still like the happiest ever. Cause I was on this like journey, mm-hmm. right? Like I was learning about myself. I was chasing something and like, for instance, like my business, right? I hit a couple of these large goals, revenue goals, things like that, that I wanted to hit. And yeah, like the fulfillment just isn't there. And I think that... Yeah. I mean, it, it, for temporarily. Yeah, but it like... It lasts for a little bit. But just like buying a new car, right? Like I know that like, you know, every time I upgrade a new car, right? I started out with a shitty Honda and then, you know, got a BMW, then a nicer BMW, then, a, you know, and like upgrading all these cars, it's like it's really cool for about a week and then that fades away or like a month. Yeah. Or or it's sometimes six months, right? Like sometimes it like, but it's temporary. And the things to me that I think are always fulfilling are serving people. And that's the thing about AA that I love. It's like everybody is so genuine about trying to help others. And one thing that I've realized about getting sober is I poured a lot of that energy that I used to pour into alcohol And I took that energy and I focused it into business. And the cool thing about business is like you can have people come under you. Like you can have mentor or you can be a mentor to people just like you can in the sober community. So I've just seen so many parallels of that. And, um, you know, instead of dumping all that energy into something negative, turning it into something toxic. So when I was coming up here, I was thinking of questions I was going to ask you. And that's one, like with Ridge Productions and Learning to Lose and all the content you put out, how much of that energy that you used to waste, you know, 17 plus years ago is just going into something more positive. Um, yeah, I'm like always fucking showing people how to do shit and teaching people. Um, but it's so that they can like help me. So I don't know. Um, do you think that's the fulfilling stuff? Like, do you think that has a longer fulfillment term than a new car or money or things like that? I don't know, dude. These motherfuckers just leave anyway. Yeah. It's hard, bro. You can't like, want I've it for taught, somebody else. I, I, I've like taught so many people so many things and then they've just like left me. So like... I don't know. It, it's it's cool. In business or? Yeah. But they're supposed to. Like, they're not supposed to be yeah. with us forever. At right. least that's what I think. Like, when, when somebody leaves, like, that's good. Hopefully they go on to something better, I think, you know? Yeah. I think that's part of the process. I think it's, like, how they leave. Yeah. You know? If, if they don't leave, like, amicably and they leave with some, like, 
in, in like a really like fucked up way. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. You know, yeah. it feels like a betrayal and I have like abandonment issues and like, so that's been like a struggle. Yeah. It's, f- but, but, um, yeah, like watching people learn how to do something and then, um, teaching them. It's cool. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I've done it so many times that, um, I guess like the thrill of like the the thrill of like everything is just the only thing now that, 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 that I care about that I want is like a moment, a connection with another human being. Yeah. Some, some joy, some peace. Like, I just feel like everything else is just, I'm just like over everything else. Yeah. I still kind of chase things here and there because I forget. But yeah, um, I, I, I've always put a lot of energy into whatever I do. So, right. like, when it was using. I was like borrowing money. I was figuring out ways to get high, but I was also um, like uh, making music and collaborating with people and being creative. And then, you know, I think when I got sober, yeah, it freed up a lot of energy, like you said, where I could just double down on like shit, you know? But then I kind of became not as easy to be around because the people who I was working with, I was like really pushing because it takes a lot to be successful. Yeah. And especially like with you running a business, but also, you know, with the sober living stuff, there's a lot of emotion and late nights that go into this stuff that people don't see. So how often do you feel drained? Like it's got to take it out of you, right? I, I I've just been drained opening this house and I mean, we've been open for about a year and a half. It's been like a traumatic experience. Also like a fulfilling one and rewarding. And we've helped some people like a lot. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's like, it's been traumatic and I'm just, I feel completely drained. Yeah. So, how am I going to fill myself back up? I don't know. Maybe it has to happen like each day or we'll see, but it, it's, uh, this is definitely like, um, getting it to where it's at now has, has taken almost all of my energy and Woody's too. And yeah, Madison and the people that have been doing it with me. Hmm. So in terms of content creation, um, I want to pivot a little bit just to like the TikTok stuff, because that's where a lot of people see you guys. Yeah. How long did it take you to blow up on TikTok? And I know you get a mixed variation of feedback from people on there, but I think overall, I think overall it's really, really positive. But how long did it take you from like putting out content to actually making it? Well, I've been putting out content for like 10 years. Yeah. And like, it used to look a lot better. I've been like charging YouTube for a while before it it really just started taking off with TikTok. And when I started like collaborating with my wife, 
Got it. That's really when it, like about two years, I would say like two years ago, a little more than two years ago. Yeah. I just started like hitting it really hard and like being like extra transparent with it. And um, it just started growing faster than anything I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Watching your growth has been crazy. Like, I mean, you, what are you at? Like 850,000 subscribers or followers on TikTok? Like 750. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Or you 780. Know, whatever it is. That's, that's a lot of people. That's like a, you know, that's a city. Yeah. And how fast did that grow? You said, I mean, TikTok hasn't two, been around two and long. a half years. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I compare myself to other people. And it's just like, I don't think that it's enough. Yeah. I just see like these dudes that have like 10 million. Yeah. And it's like, I used to think that like once you hit a million, you can like grow quicker. Yeah. But it's not, it's not that way. Yeah. Like, bro, I sat at like 750 or 650. Yeah. For like a month. And it like I lost followers. Yeah. It doesn't like get easier. Yep. Nothing gets easier. Yeah. Not sobriety. Not like I still have to come up with new ideas and like push the limit with the content. I mean, the views are better. That's a cool thing. Right. Like so once you have that following, you can you can I, I will make I'm one hundred percent know that every single thing I post, no matter what, no matter how shitty it is, is going to get at least 20,000 views. Yeah. Which is like amazing. Yeah. I forget though. Well, and some of your videos have like five plus million views. Yeah. Just on TikTok, you know, and that's all getting spread to different platforms too. So that's crazy. You know, when you think about the impact you have, and then when you look at that on the macro scale, how many lives you've impacted positively. I mean, I wonder how many people have gotten sober because of it. You must get messages. Right? Yeah, it's it reminds me of like uh you know how like in movies when people like heal someone, yeah, they like get drained. Yeah. And they like start to die. Yeah. I, I feel like that. I feel like like um I mean, I don't want to get like too dark or anything, get but like dark, I, I feel like I'm like dying or breaking or I can't do it any like I it's a lot, you know. Um but yeah, I get messages from people all the time and it's it's fucking crazy. I just I feel like I need to take a break. I need to like because I'm not just being funny or motivational it's like i i i'm like exposing it all and like wearing my heart on my sleeve and like being extra vulnerable and when you're vulnerable you're opening yourself up for like the possibility of being hurt yeah and there are people that are hurting me yeah and that's like i didn't realize how strong I was going to need to be. Like last night I was on a walk with my wife and these people are just, there's like a bunch of people who are trying to shut me down. And, um, it just, it's just getting old. Right. They don't go away and they're anonymous. Some of them. And it just sucks, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody... Nobody that loves himself is going to be doing that stuff, right? Like, it's the, the, right. the corny quote of, like, hurt people hurt people is totally true. Yeah. And I kind of look at, you know, because when I posted that thing saying, you know, hey, uh, what questions you guys want me to ask Pat when I interview him? Dude, I got so many messages from people that, like, dude, they spent, they must have spent 30 minutes writing up this thing, right? And I hmm. read through it, and it, like, doesn't make sense, and it's like, you know... I. I can only imagine what it's like being on the other side, especially like... Yeah, they're telling you like their whole life story. What? I mean, not even. Like they're just... They're not even... Ma- Some of them don't even make sense. But right. to be on the other side of that, being on the receiving end when you're genuinely trying to help people and people don't realize like people do the best that they can with the cards that they're dealt, right? So like no matter who it is, whether it's the homeless guy on the street, a billionaire, somebody in between... You know, we're all dealt these cards, and if we were in somebody else's shoes, we'd do the same exact thing. So, watching people attack people that are trying to be productive, that are trying to do something good, that are trying to grow a community and help people, and especially what you guys are doing here at Graceland, you know, I don't see you trying to do anything negative. I see positive stuff here. I feel positive here. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I just, it's serious here. Yeah. This isn't like a fucking joke. Uh, what we're doing here is dead fucking serious, and we take it dead serious. Uh, this shit is organized. It's clean. It's neat. It's like structured. There are rules. It's not a shit show. And um, I'm fucking proud of what we're doing. Um, what are you going to do? People don't... People just... Um, they just don't understand and i mean whatever it's 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 uh i don't even want to give that any airtime it's like it's it, it, it's affected me but um it's also motivated me and it's also helped build my brand yeah yeah and i think that it's hard times like that to push people to the next level yeah. um so tell me about learning to lose you know what what is that all about in terms of brand just uh like just being honest and vulnerable and like embracing like losses and flaws as like learning experience as like an opportunity for learning and growth. Like losing is the only way to figure out how to win. So if you can learn to lose, like you learn, you have to, we have to learn to like lose yeah, and let our, and accept loss. That's how we grow. Right. And that's like the trick. That's like the key to, to not giving up. And if you just don't give up, eventually you'll win. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with sobriety. I think it's the same thing with business and, and a lot of things. And, you know, one thing that I love about your content and you said it, you said the content used to look better, right? It right. was a production and now yeah. it's your phone. Like it's you, it's yeah. just a phone. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what made you blow up. That's the crazy thing is like when, you it know, it is kind of crazy. But it's, it's, it's the content. It's like the people want to want to, it's way more entertaining. 
Yeah, and it's real. Yeah, like, it's real. W- when you see a commercial, so when when we so my my business, we run Facebook ads uh, to get our clients, mm-hmm. and we've done we've hired actors, we've done productions. You know, we always get the best when I just open my phone up and just record. <sighs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Because it's natural. People don't want to see an advertisement. They don't want to be lied to. Yeah. Because when you think about any time anybody's turned the TV on since the beginning of it, they've been sold some shit. Yeah. Right? And, and when it's just that, when you're just being you and real, people feel it. They resonate. They drop their guard and they also get vulnerable while you're getting vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like the direction everything's headed. Yeah, and and you look at like where the attention is going, right? Like uh, TV doesn't get the you know it's it's YouTube, it's it's the Logan Paul, Jake Paul stuff like that, right? And even though that's kind of a production, it's not following that same kind of line that media has followed. And I think that content in general, especially with TikTok, especially with people like you blowing up with this just gritty, honest completely unfiltered content, I think that that's going to change everything. And going forward, I think content is going to be, I think people are going to be forced to do that. Yeah. Someone sent me a, my friend Aaron sent me like a, something about how like more, there were more hours TikTok spent watching TikTok than like, other platforms like combined like netflix even yeah which seems great but i guess it doesn't because i don't ever watch anything yeah with anyone who doesn't also watch tiktok while they're watching the thing right and then yeah. they watch it when they're not watching it and yeah. then they watch it it's like so i don't know it's kind of a trip i mean tiktok's a drug you're just not like smoking it yeah you know I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'm just grateful that I've figured out a way to A, monetize it and B, help people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very draining. Um, But I mean, I have fun. Like I go on vacations and shit and, you know, right now specifically like today and, and, and just this past couple weeks, it's been like past couple months maybe it's almost as if i've injured my brain right the trauma of like everything we've been through in the past year mm-hmm. it, it, it that injured my brain and now i need it to heal like a broken leg heals it will take time to heal you know yeah i've ha- I had to just like run through all the crazy shit in the first year yeah and just like like bro there were like last year there was a there was a night where this girl cassie was having a seizure she had a seizure we brought her to the er she like attacked the nurse left the er and i had covid outside of the er at two in the morning with covid trying to convince her to like go back to the er right this girl was like on her deathbed right before she came here it's like that type of shit. And then like the next day showing up to work with my partner crying because like they're putting us on blast on like some Facebook ethics page. Yeah. Saying how we're like a horrible sober living yeah. based on like zero facts. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why like I wish people could see inside of here and see what really 
the vibe is here. Because, well, well, they can. Yeah. That's the thing. Right? Like, yeah. This house has 100,000 followers. Yeah. The house. Yep. So there are people in the house making their own content. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I have my following and they get to see glimpses of what's happening in here. Yeah. So you kind of can, and you can't really like when I walk around that, when I go up there and, and, and film dinner, that's not, they're not actors. They're cooking dinner, right? The, the residents are making dinner and then we all eat as a family and we talk about like issues that are happening in the house. Like, yeah. What do you, how could that ever be a bad thing? How could you ever even paint that as something that's not, so we are able to show some of it. Yeah. I just mean like, I wish somebody could really see it because coming in, I I've seen the videos, I've seen stuff, but there's always (laughs) that thing because until you're here, you don't get it. You don't know until you sort of, cause like you kind of got to see like completely unfiltered. And I don't think no matter how genuine content is, people aren't going to get it. But I can tell you that, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect coming up, right? Because you right. hear all these things. And I, the majority seems to be extremely positive feedback, right? But regardless, I'm not listening to that. I, I have a good bullshit meter. And when I walk in here, it's like, yeah, it's a good place. Yeah. Good energy. People yeah. trying to help people. Yeah. I mean, you walked into like us tr- like trying to like convince someone to like stay sober. Yeah. That's like, that was like happening. And you had like great feedback to, to to give him and yeah you can tell that we care about that kid and yeah yeah and it's like a nice place we're really lucky it's like beautiful and it's, it's like fucking gorgeous here did, dude oh. did, did you get to see like the actual house or did they just take you down the bottom no we just came in through the Should back check out like the actual house yeah you know? yeah we'll see it i'm down so um yeah i mean uh any do you have any comments for anybody that's, I know I already said it before, but somebody is thinking about getting sober now. A lot of people are trying to. What would you say the one thing is to somebody that needs to get sober? They just don't know where to start. I mean, there's no one thing. Um, just just ask for help. You know? Um, don't ask me on for help through a, through an Instagram message. Yeah. Unless you really want to come here. Right. Go to a meeting and talk to somebody at the meeting. That's why we have meetings. Go right. to an, I mean, look, I'm not going to fucking beat around the bush, dude. Go to a fucking AA meeting. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Go on your phone, look up AA near me, find a young people's meeting or a men's stag or a woman's stag or whatever it is. Go there. And put your hand out and be like, yo, I'm fucking hurting. And the person that you talk that you're that you reach out to has probably been right where you're at. Yeah. And that's how it works. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 When I got it's sober, I thought I thought that it was gonna be like a cult, you know, like I go to AA. You know and what? I'm, it is. So what? But it's not. It's not, but who gives a fuck? I'm so sick and tired of that word being thrown around like it's some yeah. bad thing. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast today, like all in the beginning of like civilization, like every single community was like a, a version of a cult. Right. And you know what? Like if it, if, if a cult is what it takes to save my life, like where the fuck do I sign up? Yeah. And I don't necessarily know that cults are always a bad thing. Yeah. The only problem with them is that they're like worshiping like 
a person. Yeah. But if they're worshiping like a thing, cool. Yeah. Like I, I, I do think by definition, AA is some form of a cult. Like it's a bunch of people like-minded, um, uh, worshiping like a God of their own understanding. Right. Or, um, putting their faith and trust in their life into the hands of something other than themselves. Right. The difference is, is, is it's all different. It's not the same God. Right. You can have your own God, which kind of like erodes away at the cult concept, but like, yeah. And there's no like one leader, right? Like right. in AA one thing. And that's what I, I think that's what I mean is like, when I went into AA, I was like, Oh shit. There's like doctors, lawyers, like it's just like regular people that are out there that are just in here. Yeah. You know, and they're just sharing their stories and there's nothing, there was nothing negative. There's only po- extreme positive and unconditional love and support. We, we, we're, we're like about to maybe make shirts. I want to make a shirt that says like, join our cult. <laughs> Do it. Just because that's what people keep saying. Yeah. Everyone wants to throw that word around. All right, cool. Yeah, lean let's, into it. Let's Fuck lean it. in. But I mean, maybe at some point, you know? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like perception versus reality. Like if people want to call it a cult or call it whatever, like they're not going to change their mindset. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I don't see a cult here. I see people trying to help people. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> Well, dude, Pat, thank you so much for letting us come by Graceland. Thank you for letting us shoot uh, on your equipment, too. All our equipment started to kind of fail last second, so I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, Anything else you're supporting? Where can people follow you? Just Patrick Ridge. Start there, and you'll figure it out the rest out. Cool. But thank you, bro. Yeah, hell yeah. For being persistent. Yeah, yeah. You got a good little thing here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.